It's time for the Little Agency That Roars podcast, a podcast that connects you with talented and brilliant people. And that's all of us. We are available wherever you stream your podcast, so go ahead and find us and subscribe. I'm your host, Michael Fasoni, and let's get started. Perfect. That way we don't hurt the flow of the show. Easy peasy. Right, the man. flow of the show. The flow of the show. The flow of Whoa. the show. <laughs> we, are, we are ready to go, so you guys can rock and roll. Uh, okay, I'm sitting here with Gerald Sokolenko, project lead from Freedom Interiors. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. How are you? It's a beautiful day outside. Thank you for inviting me in. Thanks for being here. Oh, absolutely. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for being here. I want to cut um, right to it. Tell me about the chair I'm sitting in, because I'm obsessed. Oh, it's a you, you have good taste. So the chair you're sitting in is Embody Chair from Herman Miller. Uh, happens to be the kind of a premier provider of furnishings, well, in the world actually. And you selected probably their Cadillac model. So a wise choice. It's a what what would they call health forward chair. So it helps you stay healthy while sitting down, which is tricky business. It is. Tell me about these little vertebrae yeah, and the, pressure what, points in the back. Yeah. I love showing off the back of my office chair. <laughs> I have a picture of it on my phone that I show to people. True story. That's not something you hear very often, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, that's the thing is there's a lot of technology that goes into the design and the manufacturing of something that's an apparatus, basically, not just a you know, piece of sitting. And so uh, that particular apparatus was designed and you know, manufactured to literally support your back in multiple points. And so it's, it looks a lot more like a caterpillar than it does <laughs> a, a normal office chair, I suppose. I'm going to call it a tool. It is a tool. Because it's a, yeah, I mean, that helps me work better. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, so that's actually what we do. So I work for Freedom Interiors, and uh, we do look at uh, the things that we provide as tools for our customers. So they should be healthy, more productive. Uh, you know, that's the, that's the key. Furniture is just a byproduct, right? Very important, though. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, it's obviously I'm sitting in your product. This desk is your product. In love with the desk as well, but... Visually, the chair has a little bit more impact. Um, now, tell us about Freedom Interiors. So, Freedom Interiors is a furniture provider and a design firm that's capable of essentially transforming spaces that our customers need to work for them. So, whether it be learning spaces for education customers or corporate spaces for our corporate customers or government spaces for our government customers. They all have different needs and different requirements. And so uh, the goal for us is to understand their vision and kind of translate that into a reality. And so our tagline is vision reality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a great website. Thank you. Um, I think it really represents who you are as a brand and how you guys operate um, internally. I've had the pleasure of working with you um, on some projects. Uh, we don't need to go into detail on that, but um, you know, you, your company and my company have partnered together. 
And we really appreciate it. Number one, we appreciate you being a customer because, well, without customers, it's hard to sustain business, right? And number two, we really appreciate the referral that you've made to us. And so that's a very, very cool thing to do. And it was a very pleasure for us, obviously, to work together and, again, make somebody's vision a reality. Mm -hmm. where, um, I think that project was kind of cool because we actually used video gaming technology to create a design. So we literally use Fortnite video gaming technology to create a design for a brand, especially a local brand, which I mm -hmm. think is a you know very cool thing to do because video gaming has um, really enabled us to take a, a leap forward in terms of our ability to design spaces um, because that technology is uh, inexpensive uh, because it's really not designed for you know, interior design. It's designed for gaming. We simply utilize the architecture to create spaces and create vision that we can then share with our customers. And the interface is a video game interface, which makes it very um, easy for people to follow, basically. And you have seen that, obviously, when we work together. Talk Since we're on that subject, Gerald, but talk more about that. You know, unpack for the listener how that is so much different than looking at a blueprint, let alone an illustration, let alone a 2D or 3D drawing. Yeah, that's a huge differentiating factor, right? So uh, in our industry, you know, we kind of started with AutoCAD, where everybody knows, and there's lines on white paper. And uh, well, if you're an architect and maybe trained designer, you can look at that and kind of see what that might look. But for the majority of us, you know, we look at that and it's really hard to envision what the space might look like. And so we went on a search and that was a, uh, a multi-year effort of investing into various technologies. And we finally landed on, like I said, we, we literally used Epic Games and we used their Fortnite technology to essentially use it as a construct to then build spaces. Are you being literal? Literal. Okay. So we use Epic Games platform, and then instead of you know dragons and spears and armor and whatever, we import things like buildings and furniture and people and objects and mm -hmm. you know, anything else that we want. And so it's real and it's uh, and it becomes real. And you know the interesting thing about it is that technology never stops, right? So the you know, the processors that were the GPUs that were developed for video gaming technology are now allowing us to do design uh, and rapid prototyping, right? So we're able to go from kind of a, a conceptual conversation to something that we can actually look at very, very rapidly. And so that progression from, you know, the, the 2D AutoCAD to now being able to use video gaming technology to actually bring you know your vision to reality to where you can actually see what something is going to look like. Not only see, but you can fly it, you can walk it, you can VR it. You can, I mean, it's a game, right? So any way you prefer to play Fortnite, well, that's what you're able to do with you know your new space or the vision of what mm -hmm. that new space might be. So it's very, very cool. And I tell you, uh, the technology advancements are allowing us to do things that are 
looking into the future uh, are remarkable. Uh, so um, the, one of the latest technologies that we're looking at is actually AR and so and uh, or, or AI. So so AR would be a way to actually put objects in a real room, right? So it's artificial reality. So it's essentially putting things that don't exist into spaces that do exist. So that's kind of a really cool way to visualize things. But then using AI to render it in a way that is realistic, right? And so AI is kind of our next evolution. And again, this isn't designed for architecture. We're just taking something that the industry is doing for mainly gaming, right? So the, the whole metaverse out there, the whole, you know, 3D Facebook, you know, the world of um, 3D Internet. So we're taking that and we're using it for interior design application, which is pretty, pretty far out there. But what it really allows us to do is rapidly prototype, right? So we're able to essentially render stuff at a much faster rate because we, you know, we're using this AI technology that essentially is doing the work for us instead of a designer sitting there trying to figure out how to make this surface look right. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, a machine that's processing it. And obviously the machines are a lot faster <laughs> at, at that task, but it's, it's it's out there. It's it, and and again, it's it's a technology that's being made available to us. So it's not like we're investing you know, tons of money into it. So that means that our customers are benefiting from that without having to outlay a bunch of cash for it. So that's the that's the best part about using gaming and, and AI for uh, you know for what we do. I didn't think about it like that. It's not like you have to build or buy proprietary software. That's exactly You're just right. using what's there, and you're finding a creative way to use that for your clients. So the unfortunate part about it is that nobody's ever walked into our showroom and said, you know, I have too much money. Can you help me spend it? That just doesn't happen very often. And so majority of I walked time, in. Okay, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Well, but you, you, you can't help it. We have a really good building. I didn't have a lot of money, maybe. Right. But well, you know, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, majority of the people have um, sort of a, you know, champagne vision on a beer budget, right? So, so how do you, how do you translate that? That's life. That's sales. That's, that's, that's business. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's. Do you want to talk about how we met? Sure, go ahead. No, you tell No, no, you I want to, <laughs> I want it from your perspective. <laughs> well, you know, um so, project so, name aside. So, so so we 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 have an office dog. So that's that's one thing that I probably should say. So Ginger Ginger, Ginger our office dog. We walk by your building on daily basis. So Ginger, Who I want to mention that she's on your website. She is. There's a quick little two-second thing I saw in there, and I, it made me very happy. All right, go ahead. So, so Ginger is an integral part of our company, and that's probably something we can talk about. The culture is really uh, an amazing place. We'll uh, get there. Place. Uh, and, and, and so Ginger and I walk by your building, well, every day, literally, because she asks me to walk her on a very regular <laughs> basis, and we dare not miss that time together, and so 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 we knew uh, obviously about uh, about your company, and then I mean personally speaking, I have I'm a huge NPR fan, and so um, you know listening to the little agency that roars from way back when when you know I was working in the 90s, you know, and then I was listening to NPR driving from 
home to my job as a marketing person at the time, actually. Uh, you know, I, sponsored by the little agency that roars, you mm-hmm. know, Fazonian Partners. And so I remember that from, you know, way, way, way back when. And so to to, to find that you guys are uh, neighbors of ours is, you know, that was a very cool thing just because that's something that... Uh, um, you know that, that I remembered from 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 all those years back, and so um, uh, it, it was very interesting to have you walk into our showroom, <laughs> and uh, uh, we do have a sign up front that says Freedom Interiors, and so we don't really do walk-in traffic. You know, it's not set up for that. We, our customers are mainly. You know, larger firms. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we do projects that are larger projects. So we don't really get into, you know, onesies and twosies because we're not really set up for that. I mean, we're happy to help anybody, obviously, but uh, we we know what we're good at. And so to have you walk in and go like, "Hey, so you guys do design?" Yeah, yeah, we do design. <laughs> oh, it was a uh, it was a very interesting conversation, obviously. But I'm glad we did it. Uh, it's uh, you know it, it was it was a great project. You know, I think the customer liked what uh, what we came up with. Yeah. So um, and working with you guys was awesome, obviously, yeah. because you guys are easy to work with. So um, you know, I think that uh, uh, from the marketing perspective. Uh, we thought we were rather clever because we we made this, you know, freedom has a 3D in the middle of it and so on and so forth. Um, Go ahead and say, tell people that because it's in your URL as well. Yeah, so freedom.net is FRE number three, D-O-M.net. And so the, the 3D in the middle was meant to represent um, the 3D design. That repeat that one more time, Gerald. So freedom.net. FRE number three DOM dot net, and so um, that's on our sign on the front mm-hmm. front, front uh, on the front entrance. Um, but uh, the, the the truth of the matter is, uh, apparently we weren't clever enough because we just had a conversation with one of our uh, team members, and he said, you know, it took me like three months of working at Freedom to actually realize that that 3D actually meant 3D design. <laughs> so, 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 uh, sometimes we can be too clever. Sometimes we, well, that's, we're, we're always in that category, unfortunately. Uh, but, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. So anyway, so it worked for you. So you're a smart guy. You, you, you looked at it and you said, Oh yeah, these guys do 3D design. Well, you, you are a neighbor. You're behind us. I'm, you know, over on Washington and Pennsylvania. Um, and I kind of thought that's what you did. And yes, we were able to partner on a really cool project that I hope we can soon share publicly. Um, a project that doesn't include my office furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get back to, you said you looked at various technologies before you landed on Epic. Yep. So there's, you know, multiple ways of creating essentially 3D design that, um, that we do, right? So there's industry software like the Revits and the AutoCADs of this world, right? Um, but the thing about it is that it's precise and it's very accurate and it does its job really well. It just takes long, long time and it takes a lot of effort on behalf of our uh, designers to be able to make that happen. So, And that's a skill set. And it's a skill set. It's that, not, I mean, it's yeah. teachable, of course, because that's how you, well, duh, Michael, but... 
hiring that skill set. Boy, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. Exactly. 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 So finding talent is, um, you know, uh, honestly, a lot of people that, um, you know, hire us to help them with their office spaces. Big reason why is because they're trying to find talent. And anymore, people don't want to go work at an office that doesn't inspire them. And so, you know, design all of a sudden is becoming a way to attract, essentially, talent to help, you know, continue growth of your company. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think all of us want that. I think, you know, as a small business, what do they say, grow or die, right? So we have to keep growing. Adapt or die, yeah. Uh, for sure. And so if you're going to do that, well, you're going to need you know, talent, new talent, and, and and tools, and tools, yeah, and so, um, so, so, so finding good interior designers or interior architects, that's not a, that's not an easy thing for us, right? So we're mm-hmm. constantly, uh, we're hiring all the time, and and our team is outstanding, and then it's, we have some, um, very specific. Uh, you know, reasons as to why people work for us or with us or however you want. And then that's probably the best way to say it. Nobody works for us. We work together to help our customers, right? But going back to software, right? So, so yeah, getting people that are trained and ready and, and know what they're doing, um, it's a difficult process. So if we can use technology that makes it more rapid, so instead of using something like Revit to render in, um, that you know, or with Enscape where you can you can do similar things, but it's just it just takes a long time to develop, which translates into expensive. Mm-hmm. Well. Like going back to our customer set, again, none of them are coming in saying we have too much money. Most of them are coming in saying we have this much budget and we want to do this big thing over here. How can we do that, right? And so to get from here to there, that's where you can, if you can use software that you can rapidly prototype in and that's very uh, visually appealing so you can actually see what it's going to look like in the future before you have to kind of make an investment decision, it's a, it's a huge game changer for um, our customers because then they're able to make better decisions about what it is that they're going to do. What are they going to invest in, right? So that's, a, th- that's, why. that's why the video game, right? It's not right. because, oh, wow, it's really cool. And it is. Mm-hmm. But if it's cool and it doesn't make any money for anyone, then it's just a hobby, right? Right. And... I wish that I could just have hobbies, but I still have to work for a living. And so, uh, as part of that, that's 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 why we're using you know the software and the hardware too. Like the hardware that we're using is all gaming stuff. It's all you know. We go to you know consumer electronics show and see what the latest GPU is. I mean, that's how we do it, right? We see what's happening. You know, who's making what and why. Mm-hmm. And then we take that and we translate that into our industry. And it's remarkable. Like the things that we're using were never meant to be used in our industry. We're using 3D laser scanners that are for like bridge construction and stuff like that. Well, we use it for you know, our spaces because it's, I can measure a space in 20 minutes and I can know exactly 
you know, the dimensions and, and where the outlets are and where the HVAC is so that we don't block it when we put furniture in place, right? So it's taking technologies from other areas of the world, right, and then employing them to help build our customers' visions, which is kind of what we do. How unique to your industry or the process is that? How ahead of the the curve are you? Because it feels like you are. So that's a really good question. Um, And I will tell you that um, like anything else in the world, so we were unique to, in a sense, like we were the only ones that were doing it at at first. Well, now, you know, 90% of my competitors are looking at us and saying, yep, we're going to take this, we're going to take that, Mm -hmm. we're going to take this, and we're going to try to employ that. Mm -hmm. And so the 3D design, we were first in the area that kind of were able to do that. But, you know, that was seven years ago. Now, you know, majority of the people that do what we do have some sort of a tool to be able to do, you know, VR and things like that. Well, you know, our next step is artificial reality. And, you know, uh, uh, it's it's different, right? So it's evolving, right? Mm -hmm. So so the, the, the 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 AI aspect of it that's brand new that that just I mean you know we were literally we have a guy that is very talented that works um, in, in our in our IT department and you know he's he's listening to keynote speeches from you know CEOs of you know chip manufacturers and you know things like that that. That we're picking up from, and then saying, "Oh, how interesting!" So you have that going. Okay, so now you know we have artificial artificial intelligence that we're borrowing from something that is like nobody's looking at that, right? So that's a that that's like way out there. That's that's taking things that are truly cutting edge and and employing them for things that our customers can benefit from right now. So for lack of a better word, you're constantly, you have people constantly doing, let's call it continuing ed, out there searching for that new whatever that's going to help your firm. That's, as you say that, and as I think about it, that's just as important as day-to-day business, I'd imagine. Yeah, it's different. You have to differentiate yourself from uh, everybody else that the other mm-hmm. uh, me, me too type of a crowd right so uh, so if you're able to be on the cutting edge of that and uh, yeah be somebody somewhere yep exactly so so I think that uh, if, if you're able to be on the front end of that now the the, the downside of that of obviously is you have to invest into all this this isn't inexpensive to to do r and d right r and d is mm, you know it, it requires investment, uh, but our leadership um, understands the need for that. And so we're investing into technology um, on a continuous basis because that is literally the separator mm-hmm. between us and everybody else because we're able to do things faster, better. And as a result, our customers really benefit from that, and would you believe it? They keep calling us back because of that. It really shortens what I experienced with your approach. It really shortens the back and forth process between us and the client. 
there's a lot less revisions because there's a lot less nuance that needs to be interpreted because like you've been saying, it is all in in a AI augmented reality, artificial reality scenario that is pretty much real. Yeah. So, you know, as opposed to looking at it on a piece of paper and wondering, a lot of guesswork is eliminated. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to, to put it. So I think that And that's the way you pitched it to me when I came to you with this pro, you know the project that we had worked on, and I was originally looking for what I thought I wanted, which was um, uh, give me your standard rendering for some conceptual images of what we could do on interior exterior for this type of uh, franchise. And you said, no, no, no. Here's how we do it at Freedom, and here's why. It made perfect sense. Right down to so whether you're doing the Briarcliff Elementary or Lee Summit Library. Or the new airport project. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, people can put on an actual VR headset and walk through, their, immersively walk through the space that you're building for them. Yes, yes. The thing is, we're more of a technology company than we are anything else. It just so happens that we're in a business of interior design, right? Okay. And so, um, and it's, I don't say that to, our customers because we don't want to confuse anybody because we are that's how we make our money is we help customers literally you know translate the vision of their space into a real space but to do that effectively um, we found that we do a much better job for our customers if we are on that leading edge of technology because we we live in a world where technology is changing so rapidly, right? We, we all understand that. We, we look around and we see that. So you can either kind of be with that and be part of that, or you can be kind of looking in the back seat and going like, oh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens, you know? And uh, our customers really, really like the fact that um, they can see and experience a space before they have to make an investment into that space. And it's done rapidly. And, and, and that's the thing, this live design thing where you can sit down and really immerse yourself into the space, you know, using these technologies. It's a game changer because you can get all the stakeholders, whether it be in the conference room or on a Teams call or on a Zoom call, however it is that you want it, and literally go through and rapidly prototype what a space might look like over a course of an hour. Mm-hmm. And so what used to take, you know, weeks and you know a hundred emails back and forth between mm-hmm. different stakeholders is now condensed into something where you know all of a sudden the team knows what we're all about you know where we're going towards and, and what we're trying to accomplish that's gold I mean if you can get to that because a lot of times even our customers they think they know exactly what they want but once you start digging into it once you start putting it together there's a lot of things that, that, that kind of change and, you know, that they, they come to realization that, oh, yeah, that shouldn't be there or we really need this here. Um, and so that process, the creative process of putting together a design, that's, um, that's gold. That's, if, if, you can, if you can get that right, um, you can really help a lot of organizations. Nice. Very nice. Um, Let's talk more about that because what you do is more than plug and play. It's not Legos. It's 
Is there a way to, to right here, right now, on the spot, talk about how you help the customers go through that process? I know that's a really loaded question. Yeah, and that's a that's a good it's a good question. It's it's tough. It it really depends on um, kind of what we're doing, right? So if you're building an airport, it's probably a little bit different process than if you're just remodeling your office, versus maybe you're building a brand new school or maybe a university building or a dorm. You know, each one of those we do all that, but. Um, each one of those processes is just a little bit different. The one thing that ties everything together is the approach. So approach is same every time it goes. So it's uh, if you can if you can understand um, what we're trying to accomplish, what the budget is for making that happen, and then the timeline of how quickly something needs to happen. So. Um, that, that's kind of the starting point on, on, on everything, whether it be a chair for you or, you know, a new Kansas City International terminal uh, for, for our new airport, right? Same process. So, you know, what are we trying to do? You know, how much are we willing to pay for it or what, what's it worth to us? And then, uh, you know, how long can we take to make something happen? Now, in the case of the airport, you know, you have the owner, City of Kansas City, you have CWC, which is the contractor that's building the airport, you have SOM, which is the architect that's, uh, you know, the, the directing traffic there, you have a bunch of other stakeholders, right, trying to bring all of those together on the same page, obviously, is very different than when you and I talked about the needs for your chair, because you were the person that could make decisions that were both technical and uh, economic, right? So you were able to say, these are technically what I need, right? So I, I wanted something that's ergonomically correct. You wanted something that, you know, specific to the height that you wanted. And then you wanted it to be, you know, within whatever the price range that you were willing to pay for it. Well, we were able to come up with that for you very rapidly because <laughs> you were the decision maker, right? So, so I know so, what I like. <laughs> yeah, you know what you like, and you have good taste. So you also set me in a very nice chair that <laughs> you kind of don't want to get out of. So yeah, well, you know, you know. But, but, well, that's it, right? So, so and so. let's let's talk. I do have a pneumatic desk. Yep. That raises and lowers with the push of a button. Um, it's very durable. Anyway, I could talk a lot about your furniture. I want to talk about the airport project <laughs> because what a huge win what a huge accomplishment what a great thing to say that you're doing and a lot of people listening to this all six of them <laughs> um, probably won't get a chance to hear much about you know this back end this side of our new airport let's have it well you know um, we we're so delighted to be part of this project. It's how many times does a city get a new airport, right? That's not a that's not a singular. It may be a singular occasion in yeah. my life. Literally, yeah. it's not a. It, it, it's it's probably not ever going to happen. And so, as a result, you you, you know you, you're just delighted to be part of it. It's just you can't help but understand that you know the reason that there's. There's people that I know, my family, they're going to fly in and out of this terminal, and they're going to sit on you know the furniture that we're providing mm -hmm. 
that's a that's a very very cool uh, thing to think about. And you know, it's the thing about an airport is you know there's the passenger facing um, you know things that that we're going to touch, right? But there's all of this background as well, right? So so the baggage, the TSA, the the admin offices, the there's so much to it's a, it's a little city, right? And its city has to operate on its own and, and and so to to go in and and help put together spaces that that are going to basically make that city function properly it's a great experience you know i'm not gonna lie this is uh, this is going to be uh, uh, something that we'll remember for the rest of our lives and so uh, you know, we have an the, the airport team uh, and so all the folks that are on the airport team uh, you know they're, they're all got smiles on their faces when, when when they talk about it just because it's it's cool it's it's not something that that, that everybody's going to be able to experience Stay there because I want to know about the day of the week um, that you were awarded the contract. We've talked in the past about how you guys worked, um, you and Carol. Yep. And we should mention, um, I want you to mention. Yeah, so Carol Espinosa is the owner of our business. And so um, we, ha- we have a relatively flat organization, so we don't really have quote-unquote managers so we are all just worker bees she's the owner but she's also she's also my wife so that's kind of that's a big deal so yeah so so, <laughs> so, so she gets to feel gloss. like you were going to gloss over that well, was, so, if you didn't want me to put it out there i apologize oh, no, no it's it's so 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 uh, uh but yeah let's i want to as you know I, I know what it's like to win and lose big contracts yes i want to know that had to be awesome what'd you do did you do anything or did you just get was it literally Project awarded. We need to get to work tomorrow morning, five a.m. Or was it? Hey, let's go to Colorado for a weekend, <laughs> or let's go do this, or let's take Ginger for a long walk. Yeah. So, uh, so if, if you know, if if you do Carol, what you would realize is that um, it's. Um, business as usual, regardless of what's happening. Right? We're busy. We're constantly doing something, and we're. We're hugely successful at what we do, and so there's projects that are, you know, constantly. Thank God, right? Because that's that's what we need. Um, so I wish I could say we took a pause and said, oh, let's cork, <laughs> you know, let's pop open a, a bottle of champagne <laughs> and let's take a week off and let's go to Colorado. And um, it, as a matter of fact, at one point in time, when when we were a very young organization, uh, maybe ten years ago. Um, Carol and I were the only two employees in the company. When did you start? So the company started in 2009, I think. Okay. Um, and so uh, the the, you know, the two of us were, I was the first employee, basically, right, yeah, in the company. And um, the two of us were sitting there, and we have these POs coming through, and I'm handing over paperwork to her, and I'm like, "Well, this one is, you know, blah blah purchase blah, orders, purchase orders that 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 that, that from from our customers." And then we kind of had to call a timeout and say, well, "Wait a second, well, wait, 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 come on, this is a these are huge wins for us. So you need to basically stop and smell the roses a little bit every so often." And so we actually have a bell in our showroom now. So when we get a huge win, uh, whomever, you know, 
was the person that kind of led that effort, they got to go and ring that bell. And, and everybody claps because we do celebrate that a little bit better now. So it's, it's a little cool. less business as usual. Uh, but still, uh, I wish I could say um, that, um, you know, we took time off to really say, oh, my God, it's the airport. Well, everybody cool their heels, you know, let's 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 take the week off and, and enjoy. No, it's, uh, I kind of knew that answer, but I wanted I wanted to ask it. Yep, yep. Can you tell us anything about the airport that's really cool that you wish people knew that you can share? Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> it, in my opinion, uh, this is going to be probably the coolest terminal out there. One terminal, right? Correct. Yep. Okay, one terminal for all. Yep. Okay. Yep, exactly right. And it is it's just, you know, first class. I mean, it's everything that's going in there is amazing. What are dates? For, I don't know much about so, the project. So, I mean, we're, 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 we should be live next year. So, so we should be flying 2023, right? Oh, really? Yeah. So cool. Uh, we, we, we should be good to go. So, so we're getting close. You can, you can tell I haven't been. Oops. Sorry, I hit the mic there. You can tell I haven't been to the airport in a few years. Oh, yeah, flying is challenging now anyway, so that's hard. Yeah, but, you know, it's... It, it's. I did take a quick trip recently, I should mention. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, right? So you can actually go and uh, and, and you can... You know, there's pet relief areas and, and meditation rooms and, you know, all of these things that are... What was the first one you said? Pet relief. So you can get your dog and they can go and do their business. So. Indoors? Uh-huh. Indoors. Yeah. So... Really? Yeah. So we had to put together the the fake fire hydrant and the fake grass and everything else you can that, that you need for something like that. Um, keep talking. Yeah. So, <laughs> We're I mean, not just... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not gloss over this. Well, I want to hear about that. How do you how do you put an interior dogs? That's it's it's a whole industry. Uh, I mean, a modern airport is not like I said. It's a city. It's not a. It's not just a place people you know uh, come to to to, to j- jump on and and keep going. Does the does the turf clean itself? Does it rotate? Does there no? Does that still a manual process? So, um, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, uh, you're talking to somebody that is. Um, not part of that design process. Okay, gotcha. So, so I don't know exactly wh- how it works. I just see what's going but in. But you, you guys do have a fire hydrant we, in there. We, we, we do, and so it's <laughs> it's cool. Awesome. It's it's. I mean, it's cool. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. And so, there, and there's things like that that, that it, everywhere you look, it's like I said, it's it's world class facility. So it, 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 there's more amenities there. So it's you know much better for like ADA accessibility. You know, everything is designed uh, to make the experience better, regardless of your you know mobility level, right? And regardless of kind of what issues we're all facing, because we're all human, right? So. Um, God only knows what, uh, what, what, what for the you, time being. Oh, uh, well, at least yeah, at least <laughs> for now. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll continue for a while. Um, and, and so, you know, they're they've done such a great job of making sure that uh, that facility will accommodate you know people, um, uh, you know, with various levels of um, shall we say uh, the human condition because <laughs> we're all all part of it. So, 
anything else from the airport project that you as a firm, I mean, we're always learning as business owners, especially when you're trying to do new, do different, be creative. Um, has this project, that's a silly question. Of course, it's brought up challenges that are unique. It's an airport. For sure, yeah. Uh, and I'd be lying if I said, look, we do 15 of them a month or anything. Like, we don't. This is, a, a, you know, this is a unique project while we worked for other uh, projects that, that, that had, you know, aspects of it. We've never done a full How many years has it been? Since we've started? Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's see. Um, it's been at least four or five years okay. that we've been working on this. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been in the works for a long time, obviously. And so, um, you know, to see it go from conceptual to actually putting things in place mm-hmm. that's amazing and that's an amazing team to be honest with you the the GC is doing a really good job in my opinion of making it so that we can actually use it uh, on time and so that's that's huge because building something that large is very very complex. Well I mean when you're setting a deadline for opening that affects the travel of American <laughs> Yes. <laughs> that affects the air travel of the American population. Yes. You probably yes. can't be real vague on that deadline. No. Because <laughs> they have several uh, vendors, if you want to call, you know, Southwest and Spirit and all the other airlines, you know. There are <laughs> things that, that, that it's, it has to be on time and it has to be right because there's a lot of regulations that go in. I mean, it's, you know, if you're talking about tables that are designed for TSA to scan our luggage, well, those tables are only manufactured by two different companies, and those are the only approved vendors that you can use. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because they're designed so that the bomb-sniffing robot can actually you know, roll up to it and disarm a device if necessary so the clearance has to be as, right. as such absolutely and it's it's i mean these this is not office chairs where you can just pick anyone you like uh this is these are things that are designed um you know for specific reasons and uh well uh, everywhere you look it's like that right so everywhere you look it's specialized so it's Definitely a huge um, learning experience, regardless of kind of how you, um, you know, which which portion of it you're working on. Gerald, tell me where you're from. Um, I was born in Kazakhstan, out of all places. So that's Central Asia. So I was born maybe 50 miles from a Chinese border. So way, way out in Asia. <laughs> what what language did you did you grow up speaking? So. Kazakhstan is um, a, a kind of a bilingual country. So there's there's the um, uh, the Kazakh is the main language that's uh, spoken, and it's close to Turkish, basically. That's uh, the roots of it. And then the Soviets obviously uh, brought the Russian language, so we kind of had to speak both. Um, uh, but in school, we spoke Russian, right? Uh, but a lot of signs were in Kazakh, so it's you kind of had to had to do both. So you 
you're fluent in Russian and yes. Okay. And so um, now um, I don't practice it very often, except when I speak with my family. So it's once a week um, type of an enterprise. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, you know, I try to get along with the little English that I have. So. Touch now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Gavario, Nimanogia? That's pretty good. Nimanoga. 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 Say it again. Nimanoga. Nimanoga. Mm-hmm. I speak a little. Mm-hmm. Un poquito. <laughs> That's Spanish, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yes. Okay. Atlichna. Um. Did you... You lived in Cat... You lived... And you didn't live in Russia? No. Um, I've only been to Russia maybe three times in my life. Okay. So. Um, I want to talk about the architecture in that part of the country. Sure. Um, it's so much different than what we have here in America. Yeah, for sure. And uh, how old were you when you came to that? So I came to the United States when I was maybe 18 years old. So, very young. What a pivotal time to move countries. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a bit of a mess. Age, I mean. Yeah, it, it was. And I didn't come here directly. So, it was... It was um, Where did you go? So, I went to England for a while. And so, um, what was happening was the Soviet Union, that really the country that I lived in... Uh, uh, was breaking up, right? And so as a part of a fallout, there was quite a bit of uh, unrest and, you know, things. So were you were there when the Soviet oh, yeah. broke apart? Very much so. As a matter of fact, um, when the Soviet Union was breaking apart, I was there. And then I was in England when the coup happened. Uh, and, the, you know, remember when Yeltsin rolled in on a tank uh, into Moscow? I was watching that on TV and trying to figure out what that meant to a lonely student uh, without, uh, you know, any family support as I was in England, uh, you know, because uh, that was that was a scary, scary time for me, for sure. I can't imagine. Are, are your parents still there? Are they here? So, they- yeah, no, um, they are, uh, they immigrated to Canada, actually, as part of that turmoil. So there was a lot of... A lot of things changed during that time. It mm-hmm. was not a, uh, it was not a kind time to sort of live. Um, let's get back to the architecture because again, that is you know you look at those buildings and and um, it almost goes against what how we think and build in such a linear right angle world here yeah for sure yeah and i tell you um you know that's that's the thing about kazakhstan is that uh you know really we're um we're a country where it was nomadic people that you know lived in yurts and traveled you know you could pack up a, a village and a day and, and move somewhere else to better pastures, right? And then the Soviets came and they built in all of these ugly gray, you know, concrete structures that you know, kind of created this the, the, the 
you know, the old Soviet bloc thing that everybody understands, right? And then in the midst of all that, there's some really cool old buildings that, you know, like Orthodox church buildings that have the, you know, the, the, the onion domes and all that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really quite a combination, right? It, it has um, aspects from different cultures and different times. And so it's a bit of a hodgepodge, obviously. And then uh, obviously recently, a lot of that that's been constructed is a lot more of a modern architecture of what you would see um, you know in, in cities that, that that are not any different than you know what's being constructed in Chicago or New York right so uh, so it's a very interesting um, if you if you want to see variety that's a great place to, to check out in terms of architecture how much of moving to uh, America at the age of excuse me England at the age of 18 was a relief to get out of where you were, but at the same time, terrible because you're 18 years old yeah. and you're in a new environment. Or maybe, did you know people there? Did you have a, nope. any sense of community? That, no, no, no. It's, you know, it's when you're, uh, yeah, when you're that age and you're moving away, you're leaving mom and dad and your, you know, the home that you've grew up in, it's, there's, that's you shouldn't do that it's not good for you you know because then then your entire life kind of becomes uh, a lot more um, difficult you know you should have if you if you have an opportunity you should stay with your clan you should stay with your tribe you should stay with your parents for as long as you can because that's not a the other way is not an easy way that's a I, builds character they say but uh, I'd rather skip that a little bit <laughs> it can take too it can take a lot and so you become somebody that maybe you weren't meant to be originally but can be good and bad obviously so, so how long are you in England for a year then where'd you go so from England I went back to Kazakhstan and then from Kazakhstan I went to the United States so where in the states so uh, I landed believe it or not in the middle of um, literally southern Missouri in a city called Joplin Missouri so wow how uh, so there was an associate so I had a job with a company that uh, essentially had uh, a business transaction with a gentleman out of Baxter Springs, Kansas, out of all places. Well, they didn't have hotels in Baxter Springs, Kansas that would accommodate our group. So closest city was Joplin, Missouri. And so that's how that's how we landed in Joplin, Missouri. So what'd you do there? So I was a translator for this company that uh, actually uh, uh, imported locomotives out of all things. Okay. Translating Russian? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how long were you in Joplin? Several years, right? So maybe three, four years. And then uh, uh, from there moved to, um, let's see, Branson, Missouri. Uh, okay. And, and uh, worked on a forestry crew. So I cleared lines with a chainsaw. So that was my job for a while. That was a very interesting job. How'd you get here? So... We were really poor, and somehow my wife and I at the time decided that... Uh, Hold on, you met Carol My in... ex-wife. 
So gotcha. Uh, decided that uh, we were going to have kids very, 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 very early, uh, and so um, we were really, really in, in in a bad shape financially, and so. I literally took uh, a circumference and said, okay, this is how much gas we can afford to get out of where we are. Because I knew there would be no opportunities for a guy with an accent in, you know, Branson, Missouri. And so um, drew a circumference around Branson, Missouri, as far as our, you know, money would allow us gas-wise. And literally started subscribing to newspapers from... And there was Dallas, and there was Kansas City, and a couple of other cities that kind of fell in that driving range. And I just started calling uh, people that would appear in articles and say, hey, can you give me a job? Really? Yeah. And what did you get out of that? So got an appointment with um, a company called Western Forms, and they were a manufacturer of construction equipment. And they were looking for somebody that was a native speaker of uh, Russian because they were trying to expand into Eastern Europe at the time. And uh, I said, sure, I'll help you. And so, you know, they interviewed me a few times and said, okay, uh, come on over. So packed up a U-Haul and, uh, you know, got the wife and the kids in there. And, and that's how we got to Kansas City. Wow. What was the name of the company? Western Forms. So they're, uh, if you have a basement in your house, the concrete that concrete walls that were poured were probably poured with Western Forms product. Okay, okay. Fascinating company. How do you meet Carol? How do you start Freedom? Yeah, so um, I met Carol because we worked at the same office building, basically. And so... Um, and we she we didn't work for the same company, but we worked in the same place. And she was one of those. And at the time, I was doing IT uh, type of services for uh, for that company. And um, you know, when you do IT, sometimes you have to show up early because you know you're doing updates or upgrades or what have you. And sometimes you have to stay late because again, you can't have people on the network. And so every time I would show up early, her car would already be in the parking lot. <laughs> every time I would leave late, her car was still in the parking lot. I don't know if she... I'm noticing the pattern with Carol. Right, yes. And so I didn't know if she was just too poor, didn't have a home to go to or, or what, but realized that she was just a hardworking individual. And so, um, you know, uh, kind of talked about what the opportunities might be for uh, for somebody like that. And she listened and said, yep, I think that's what I want to do. So uh, so that's kind of how Freedom got started, is we just had a few conversations. and You discussed the concept with her. Mm-hmm. You brought it up to her? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you're going to be working that hard, might as well be working for yourself instead of somebody else. See, I can't work that hard, so I can't. <laughs> I'd fall apart. <laughs> so she liked the vision. Yeah. Yep. And so she said, yep, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And so she went out and literally starting her, started her own company and um, figured out how to basically do the things that uh, it wasn't any different than what she's doing right now. She just 
right now has a lot more resources. <laughs> right. And at the time, it was just her, and she would literally have a list of customers that she would, or potential customers that she would call. She would make 100 calls a day, cold calling, mm-hmm. um, and essentially trying to get somebody to be interested in what she's doing. At what point did you become a Herman Miller uh, authorized? I think that was in 2019. Oh, so, so fairly recent. Fairly, fairly recent, yeah, for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, and I tell you, um, you know, that's a great brand. So uh, we like working with them because um, it's a solid um, both design and manufacturing. So if you know if we're providing it to our customers, I don't have to worry about it being not right. It, if it's made there, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be supported. It's going to be warranted. It's going to do the things that we. You know, promise our customers. Your installers are very good too. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we have whoever you used to do that. I forgot, but they were very good. We have extremely. A, we have a great, great. Uh, uh, so, so our model is pretty flexible. So what we can do, we have our own field technicians that go out and do that, but that's a limited number of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, we we have a relationship with. Uh, a couple of uh, people that do that exclusively, and so we can flex, right? So we're able to, if we need 50 guys, we go and say, hey, by the way, we need, you know, 50 people at this location now. And so Airport might take more than a few. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly right. No, it's definitely more than a few. Uh, do you want to talk about working with your wife at all? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Uh, How, or, go ahead. It's a, it's a, it's not something that is uh, an easy thing to pull off. And if you've ever been married, you probably know that, you know, that's a, 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 a relationship like that um, uh, when put under the stress of daily uh, work. It, it can really uh, be challenging, right? So we had to learn how to work together and um, had to adjust. Both of us had to adjust to make it work, right? So as long as the basic criteria is super strong, right? If there's uh, love and respect, mutual respect, uh, that, that that's dialed all the way to 100, then then it can work. If any one of those are not quite there, I think that it's a good recipe for um, not having a good relationship. I think it's really tough. I admire everybody that's able to go to work and, you know, um, then go home and still be happy together. That is not an easy feat. <laughs> I've never been married, so I don't know, but do you guys have rules in place? No, you know, for one you kind of hear oftentimes amongst uh, family businesses, you know, no talking about work at the dinner table. That's the kind of the classic one. Do you guys have anything similar or things you have to stick by to keep the sanctity of your relationship and not let it bleed into work or vice versa? Or it's going to bleed no matter what, or it's going to cross over. Let me use that word. It's going to cross over no matter what. Let's just be adults about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's the latter. I think it's going to cross over and you can't help it. It's, we're, um, on all the time so it's not a it's not a business that um you know you can just kind of coast uh through we we have too many projects and we're growing at a pace that's 
you know, rather rapid. And, and what we're doing is, um, you know, I, I talked about technology as being our unique ability, but honestly, um, it's really the people and really the culture that's unique. And to be able to have that kind of culture it's yeah it, it is it is you can have all the data and technology in the world yep. unless you know how to use it and market it yep. Yep. and turn it into revenue it's useless well and have people that are happy to show up to work to help make that happen right that's showing the, up to work that's it that's that's <laughs> and a, you're in office correct yes yes we are and you guys are in office full time so we don't have a rule that says you have to be in the office or you have to be remote what we do is we say look we have creativity we have you know people that have to be by the numbers we have people that you know have to have different skill set and then all the all of them have to get along to create something that's beautiful for our customers right what we're finding is that when we're together sitting together and are able to look each other in the eye we do better work, right? So what we figured out is being, being together is critical, key piece to being able to do the best work that we can. And I we, agree. And we want to do that. We, we, we want to be good at what we do, right? And so it's not a requirement for you to be in the office. but um, And if there's something that's happening in your life, you know, it's not You're adaptable, a, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Today I'm working from yeah. home. Fine. That's not right. a, no issue whatsoever. So there's not a set rule for that. Like I said, the only set rule is we have to be happy doing what we're doing. And if you're not achieving greatness, then a lot of us are not happy because we have a bunch of overachievers at the office. And so, you know, that's... That's a that's how that works, right? So you have to be present to win. Uh, I want to go back to the relationship part. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there, but but we did, and that's perfect. Um, but again, working with your wife, yeah, I you know. I, I remember when I worked for my father, we tried the no, you know, let's not talk about work at the dinner table thing or whatever you want to call it, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, um, because it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you, you have that ex- experience. Uh, and so it's it's just that. It's it's never going away, right? There's always something happening. So we're always talking about something. Now, the trick is... My situation, of course, has evolved out of that <clears throat> so that, you know, I don't know if that makes me lucky or not, but, right. you know. Right. Yeah, no, it's... And that's the trick, right? So for us, our personal relationship obviously is by far the greater uh, importance than anything else, right? So, so how do you preserve that uh, while uh, making uh, the company as great as it can be, right? And that's, a, that's not an easy thing to do or say. I mean, we, we're going to be the Kansas City Business Journal best places to work for uh, in November of this year, so that's awesome. Thank Congratulations! Yeah, yeah, so that means that a bunch of us knuckleheads responded to an anonymous survey from, you know, <laughs> the Kansas City Business Journal, and you know, our feedback was that we really love being here, right? So, creating that while having a personal relationship that that is important or or more important or however you want to call it, 
that balance, uh, it's a, I think it's a moving target. There's not a set of rules that I can share that says, oh, if you do this, then you're going to be fine. You know, they say, well, you know, you need to have clear boundaries. You're responsible for this and they're responsible for that. Well, the reality of it is during the course of a project that changes. So sometimes you need other person's expertise. They walk in and, you know, maybe they do things that they're thinking is right. And you're thinking, why are you taking over my stuff? And so, you know, is that, you know, is that going to change? I don't think so. I think it's going to continue. And so I think the trick is, um, you know, to keep the priorities in mind, right? Who, who and what is the most important thing? And as long as both of you are in agreement on that, then I think it can be a beautiful thing. If you can't agree on that and if you can't keep that perspective, then I think you shouldn't work together. <laughs> Has it ever played in your advantage or another way to ask it would maybe be, I would think certain clients would see a lot of sanctity in working with a husband and wife team who mm -hmm. own this company together, who, you know what I mean? Okay. I, I would mm -hmm. think that that may resonate with at least a portion, a percentage of your client base or potential client base. Well, uh, in our case, Carol is smart. She owns 100% of the company. I own okay. none of it. So. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> All right. So there's that. Um, yeah, no, I think that uh, at the end of the day, um, to be completely honest about it, uh, our customers really care about their businesses a lot more than our business. And so they, they are looking at us from a prism of, uh, through a prism of, hey, are these guys going to be able to help me achieve my goals, right? And so while I think that, um, you know, that personal relationship, that's that, that makes a huge difference. Um, you know, a lot of our jobs, a lot of our jobs are very, very large, and it's a complex decision-making process. So there's economic buyers, there's technical buyers, there's, you know, the veto powers, there's, you know, you know, people that have to go to some committee to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, all of that, right? So it's it's not like one person is going to look at us and go like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, you guys work together. How cool. Here is a project for you, right? That that doesn't really happen gotcha. very often. Um, and we don't really promote it. I don't guess that's not a thing that we um, talk about a lot just because normally she's working on projects that are not, my projects and I'm working on projects that's not her project okay. so it doesn't we're rarely both at the same table talking unless it's just some initial conversations okay and maybe we should promote that a little more often and say hey if you want well to, to your point you know in advertising is the same way in a lot of regards most uh, for most of our clients advertising is the largest item on their ledger one of them uh, at least it should be and, <laughs> and, you know, like your firm, whoever you work with, they're going to do this once every 10 years, let's just say. Sure. You know, once every 7, 10 years. Or in the case of an airport, once every 80. Right. And it's a lot of money. Yep. And they can give that to any firm they want to. But I don't know, personally, um, and maybe it's just because I know the relationship, and I know 
historically, the services, I guess I'm just talking from personal experiences that I received, when I feel that it's more personal versus more corporate, um, which is kind of why Fasoni was started, um, to not be a big corporate ad, is, I don't know, I think that would resonate. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I I can't say that... Um, well, and that's the thing is that we're, we're so um, different in terms of our approach, right? So it's servant leadership, right? So that's how we do it. So we're nobody works for us, but people work with us, right? And so, so as a result, I don't guess we're as important. We're not. Okay. We're not really the. Um, we we don't do the whole hey this is you know i'm the leader and therefore you should follow it's more how do you grow people that are within the organization how do you become how do you help them become as good as they can be and really those are the conversations that we're having a lot more than uh, hey there's carol and gerald and they do this thing you know that's not that never actually comes into play. I've ne- okay. I, I, I've, I've never witnessed it, anyways. Curious. I did, and I guess that was my way of asking the question. Yeah. And thank, thank you for answering it because, um, yeah. Yeah, we de-emphasize uh, the 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 you know who owns what and why. Well, like your like yourselves at Fasone said, you know, not big uh, big ad corporate and. Well, we don't have the layers, just like you. You'd said that at the beginning of this interview. You know, you don't have the layers there. We don't have layers at Fasoni. So, yeah, I can go up against my biggest competitor. I just, I cost a lot less. I don't have the overhead. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the layers, which is overhead. Yeah, I think that uh, it, it, cost is one thing, but I think it's the why that, um, is really important to us, right? So um, I don't know that my pricing is going to be that much different from my competitor pricing. We're going to be all within line, I think. I don't think we're... you're buying price, though. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly. buying relationship. I think so. And I think that that's where the difference is. So if it, if all of us you know, took an anonymous survey and said, we love working here, what does that translate to for our customers? Well, what that translates to is, you know, folks that are going to be there for them because mm-hmm. they want to be there, right? And they're going to do good work because they're happy to be there. And so the happiness, believe it or not, is our basically the reason for existing. So we don't look at it as... Making money is the reason for existence. We don't look at it as the airport as the re- reason for existence. We exist to be happy ourselves and make sure that all the team members are happy. And I know it's a hippie thing to say, but it's true. It's in our even the vision and the you know our um, competencies and things that you know we that we're writing down and, and always tweaking. It's not about furniture or design or anything like that. It's all about, you know, how do you, how do you be happy, uh, and, and make sure that you know all the stakeholders at the table are kind of looking forward to that. And so, our customer set is in the same boat. Meaning that if if this customer 
just wants to be um, you know, taken care of in a way that is produces good for everybody around, that's a great customer, right? If it's a customer that's really just looking for uh, you know, a relationship where they're essentially saying, look, I'm going to get the lowest price on this one chair, that's probably not a great customer for us because we're just not, we're happy to give you best price. That's not the issue, mm-hmm. but we're doing it because we want to build happiness for the collective. And that's, that's true. I mean, it, it is happening, which is kind of a remarkable thing to say, especially for a small business. Uh, well said. Uh, we operate the same way, as you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it makes you successful, believe it or not. Go figure. If, if you can, if you can <laughs> do the right thing and treat your customers right, and yeah, and work hard. Yeah, and we're we're probably that, that's the thing that you know that 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 changed the most for us is that once we de-emphasized everything else and really turned our attention to why are we here? Why are all these people here in this office? And really tune that, you know, and really understand that. How many years did it take you to get there? <clears throat> oh, we're still a work in progress, right? Okay, so good. I'm glad you said that. It's not. We're not. I don't want to feel late to the game. No, no. I think that I don't know that you ever. It's like renovation at your home, right? It's you're never done. Well, I hope that's done, but <laughs> <laughs> but but it, you, no, yeah. It's if you if you think you've mastered your craft or your business, then you better look out. We're we're. Uh, we know nothing, so uh, we we just we, we try to do the best we can with little we know, and it just so happens that you know we are experiencing um, some really uh, good fortune with, with with the team that we have. Uh, you know they are happy to be here, and that's the that's the key, right? And then when that happens, well, our business is growing very rapidly as a result of it because the customers are happy to be part of this process and i mean we're, i think we're doubling in size this year so i mean it's are you really we are uh-huh oh wow i know i talked to you a few months ago yep. and I, no, you said something to the effect yep. but double congrats yep. thank you i hope you don't move um uh we're 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 changing so the, the what, what you see inside of that uh, uh building is not going to be like that. Are you moving to the east side of the, or moving into the east side of the building yep, then? Yep, yep. So we're moving, a, we're putting a bunch of... What kind of where your showroom is? Yeah, so we we basically are changing from being a showroom to being just a place for us, right? So it's, again, it's flip flipping the mindset, right? Instead of, hey, here's all the things that we have, do you want to buy them? It's more of, here's a really good place for all of us to come in and really have an enjoyable time helping our customers. And so we're redesigning, we've, we've just redesigned, and the orders have been placed. So it's, you know, everything is going to change. It's what gonna, are you getting? I'm, I want to know. <laughs> you, you come on over. It, it's going to be it's going to be Any awesome. new chairs I should know? It's, well, you know, it's, it, it, there's, you know, we're bringing the outside in, so it's called biophilia, so, you know, bringing, bringing things in. That are, like that place you did on Main Street? Yep. The yep, whole. Yep, yep. It's, it's just, it, it's going to be, again, it's a space designed for us to enjoy our days, our working time, since we're going to spend the majority of our waking day right. hours 
at work, might as well have it to where, you know, mm-hmm. all of us show up and go like, yep, this is really comfortable and, and I, I can really be productive here. And that's what's happening. We're, we're and it's not even, we don't care what the brand is, if that makes any sense, no, as long as it's our brand. Sense. So it's freedom that we are promoting rather than this manufacturer or that manufacturer because if our folks are happy then why you know we're Mm -hmm. in good shape it's 11 30 doing okay on time well i think that i'm gonna get hungry soon so (laughs) and ginger probably needs a walk probably ginger needs tell everyone about ginger we'll start to wrap up yeah no ginger is uh uh, you know, somebody that we knew that we wanted uh, a dog at the office. We wanted an office dog. So we went to a shelter and we said, you know, we want somebody that's kind of small, not not going to be, you know, um, threatening to people that are coming in. Because, you know, we, we do have customers visiting us. And um, they said, oh, we have just a, just a dog. And out comes a black wolf that's huge <laughs> and she's leaping up and she can leap you know i'm six two she's leaping above my head and so uh so so yeah so we're like no i don't think so but she literally turned around and sat on carol and that's how she said nope claiming my human so she's <laughs> she's been going to the office for a number of years now she doesn't miss a day and at first i was worried about it but all of us all of us love having her as part of, even if you have a meeting, especially when the meetings get tense. It's sometimes. fun when she's in the meeting. Having her, she just, she, she, she like mild, you know, she's so mild mannered. And so it, it's just, just mellows everything out. So it's, it's, it's great. She knows when the male person comes. Oh, she, she, she has a sense. She, she goes by the, that was does. wild. I got she, to see that. The male does. person has treats just for her. She's just an unusual dog. You know, dogs bark at UPS people and male people, you know, ginger <laughs> comes up and goes like, what have we got today? And you know, what can we talk about? <laughs> well, I love that, you know, now that we've introduced ourselves in the past, what has it been two years? Um, that you know now when I see walking around the block and we can chat and I get to say hi to Ginger and it's just always I love my neighbors here in Westport. Westport is a great community, isn't it? It is. We're going through some changes right now. No, for sure. You know, I hope we get. Uh, I hope these restaurants get busy again. Yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, we have some office buildings around here. We need people back in. For sure. Yeah. Uh, there's but. challenges everywhere you look, but it's a great great spot yeah and we, we love being here no yeah. i love having you as our neighbor i loved having you here today this has been awesome i hope we can get carolyn maybe uh, and she's um, not much on public speaking but uh we, no. we we can always ask right it's all we can do that's exactly right all right gerald thank you for coming in michael thank you for inviting me really appreciate it you shake your hand let's get out of here all right sounds great thanks for listening to the little agency that roars podcast Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on FasoniPartners.com under podcast. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, and leave a review. If you want to submit an interview or submit yourself for an interview, please email roar at FasoniPartners.com. That's R-O-A-R at FasoniPartners.com. Thanks.